This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are live from the studios, the fine studios right here at Lotus Broadcast and Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, following JT the Brick, who's out there at Henderson, was able to observe the very first day of practice. Earlier today, I was uh, filling in for Clay, um, Pritch and Clay, doing a little morning tailgate with uh, Hondo Carpenter, and we heard from Vinny Bonsignor, who follows this show, In the Huddle. He's out there. He was out there at, at uh, training camp first day today, and he gave us his thoughts and his sounds. So uh, that was really good. And then, uh, again, hearing JT uh, just wrap up right now, being live there in Henderson at the facilities. Uh, really great day. Uh, first day of training camp. It's official like a referee's whistle. I was out there yesterday, was able to hear from John Gruden, was able to be at the in the media room and hear his presser. But there was a lot of the Raiders that met with the media today. Uh, we have a lot of sound that we will bring to you. Derek Carr was one of them. Uh, Max Crosby was another one. Andre James was another one. Henry Ruggs III was another one. I mean, there was guys on top of guys that were out there and available. Uh, Nicholas Morrow, as I mentioned, he was he was available uh, to the media. So a lot of guys made available today uh, by the Raiders. And you're not going to hear from everybody, but we do have plenty of sound that we will bring to you on today's show. Uh, very excited about today's show as as I am each and every day. Just love to be here and having this opportunity to uh, to, to bring you some good uh, good sports talk radio on the daily here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, got some really good guests coming up on today's show, coming up at 2.30. Mike Sando from The Athletic. He uh, puts out this piece every single year on quarterbacks and their tier. Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3, and Tier 4. And every year... The fan, every fan base gets upset unless you're basically a tier one guy. And the tier one guys are the elite guys. You're talking about the best of the best. You're talking about, you know, the Tom Brady's, the Aaron Rodgers, the talking about the Patrick Mahomes. You're talking about the Russell Wilson's. And DeMond kind of gives me a little, like, he's like, I don't know too much about those tier one guys when I mentioned all those guys. Those are tier one dudes. You know, like Gruden said yesterday, I don't really know too much about these grades, you know. Who's doing the who's doing all this grading? Well, I think well, actually, it's funny that you ask that. It's funny that you say that because what Mike Sando does and why I really do appreciate what he has to say and the piece that he puts out each and every year, it's something I actually look forward to, is because it's not a grading that he puts out. He's talking to coaches. And he's talking to talent evaluators, and they're the ones who are really making the judgments and making the calls on where these guys fit. But I don't think that there's any dispute that Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, is at camp now with the Green Bay Packers, and he got his guy that you were trying to dog on yesterday. Randall Cobb is officially traded from the Texans to the Green Bay Packers. So, And by the way, on top of that, the Texans are paying his $3 million of his salary. So not only are they trading him, but they're also paying his salary. So, uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, what he wants, apparently he gets at least this year from the Green Bay Packers. And maybe it's Randall Cobb, and maybe that's the only guy, and I know that that's not a big deal to you. Maybe it's a big deal to him. I, he's 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 looking out for his guys. Have you ever looked out for your homeboy, or do you just are you are you the guy that's like nope, just looking out for me? Wouldn't mean a tough spot here. I mean, of course. I mean, really, I, it shouldn't if, be a tough spot I, either. Can, you have or you haven't. If I can help the homie out, yeah, he's helping the homie out. But 
it seems like it wasn't that much. He just he didn't strong arm the organization. I'm just saying it it didn't seem like this was that big of a move. No, nah, it's not. A, you call up the Texans. Hey, we have any nah, team in the league was like, hey, we want Randall Cobb. What's it going to take? It's just I, it's not uh, like they, they weren't going to say like, oh, we need like a first or a second. Yeah, it's like, like oh, getting a steak dinner and you're getting a little bit of side action. You know, you're getting a little <laughs> a little side dish on your steak dinner. You know, I mean, it's not the yeah. it's not the full meal deal. It's, it's like, not hey, the can priority. Can I substitute out the fries for another side? And like, yeah, no problem. Exa- you know, see how I showed them. I mean, it's it's just you know, it's just a little bit of side. It's just a little. It's just a side. It's all it is. But it's it's what he wanted, so he got it. Not a big deal. But again, I don't think. There's any mistake in that he's a tier one guy. I don't think there's any mistake in Tom Brady's a tier one guy. I don't think there's any mistake in that Russell Wilson's a tier one guy. And I know you kind of, you know, shook your head a little bit or kind of, you know, had your own reaction to it. But I think Russell Wilson, I think he's a tier one guy. And I don't think there's any mistake in about that. I, again, those guys are the separate. They're the elite of the elite. Patrick Mahomes, tier one guy. It's like it's a, it's a no brainer. If you have to question him. He probably isn't a tier one guy, but those guys, I don't think there's any question about them. You know what? Maybe we can ask Mike about this, but it's one of those things where he's talking to like these different coaches or different personnel because a defensive guy can he can say, "Man, you know what? I can I can read Lamar Jackson like the back of my hand." Or Russell Wilson ain't nothing to me, but an offensive coach can say, "Ah, man, he's really special." And I know it's like an accumulation. That's why like every vote matters in his tiers. But you know, it's it's all subjective. It's a good list, though. I will give him that. I do love it. It's a the great list. list. It's a great list, I, and it's something that, and you you listened to the podcast version of it, right? Yes, I did. So okay. it was more of like the in-depth. It was him and oh, Robert Mays from The Athletic, yes. Okay, and that, and that's fine. But again, I think that it's usually pretty fair. Uh, I think that sometimes when you get down to the tier three and tier four, sometimes you can have an argument. And there's some, there's some guys that I'll ask him about. I'll just tell you right now, Justin Herbert is a tier two guy. It might be a little fast and a little early to put him in a two, tier two guy. He's had one year. Raider Nation, get fired up because guess who's the top guy in Tier 3? Derek Carr. I'll just go ahead and throw it out there right now. But when Raider Nation might get fired up that he's a top guy in Tier 3, at number 15, he is up five spots from where he was last year at number 20. And Joe Burrow's the person that, that ends Tier 2? It's questionable. It's it's And that's why we're going to have Mike Sando on. <laughs> it's exactly why we're going to have him on because this is not just – Derek Carr, Derek Carr, Derek Carr, Derek Carr. This is also, hey, let me go through and look at some of these guys and and hear the reasonings that they have for being in those tiers. What were the coaches? What were the player personnel telling you that made you put them in that tier? Or they insisted on making sure they were in that tier. I'll tell you straight up, and I know this guy's got a lot of hype, and I know Vinny, who's uh, who does In the Huddle following this show, I know he believes in him a lot, but I don't believe that Matt Stafford's a, a tier two guy. I just don't. I don't. What has he won? If 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 wins, and this is the thing, if wins are something that you're gonna judge Derek Carr on, and I'm not trying to cut for him, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to plead his case, but if all of a sudden he's in tier three because of lack of wins, well, how is Matt Stafford in tier two? Because you know what he has a lack of? Wins. Matter of fact, he was the quarterback that went over. Just throwing it out there. So that's one of the things that we'll talk to. Mike Sando about on on today's show, and again, I'm not bashing him. I'm not bashing this this uh, this this list. I'm not bashing any of it. I just think it's a really good article that he puts out each and every year, and it's actually something I look forward to. Just to end it off for the list, we're probably not going to get to it, with Mike. But Joe Flacco, 34. It's Joe Flacco is like we could play. Is he still in the league game with Joe Flacco? But he's 34, so who cares? 
That's tier I know, four. I know. That's it's tier, tier four no. extra. That, that would be like, what surprises you more? Car being tier three or Joe Flacco being included at all? Well, Joe Flacco. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I can, I can see where you're coming from on that one. But once you get down to the 30s, you really don't even like Joe Flacco's wishing his no, name but, wasn't on there yeah, at this but point because it, it ends after him. Like there is right. No 35. See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> if I'm in the 30s, I don't even really want to be on that list. You know, it's it's like they say sometimes, and and I know that that I've heard undrafted free agents actually say that that's false. I've heard that, hey, once you get to the draft and you're in round six or seven, sometimes it's better to go undrafted because you could pick your own destination, even though when I talked to Javen White last year, uh, and, and he was an undrafted free agent by the Raiders, uh, he said, no, I'd rather have been drafted. And that's that's his preference. But with that being said, sometimes it, it would probably make more sense so you could pick your destination instead of being picked. Joe Flacco was probably like, yeah, eh, you didn't have to put my name on there. I got a ring. I made money. <laughs> so <laughs> it is what it is. Sorry, Joe Flacco. Sorry, you did. He did earn that ring. He, he, I mean, he 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 got the ring. He got I'll the be ring. Honest, he's on the Eagles. Did not know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's. I'll he's, be honest. He's he's in that competition with Jalen Hurts and others. <laughs> I mean, it's just what it is. Their their quarterback situation to Philly's weird. It's strange. Yeah, I like Jalen Hurts. I really do. I think he would have been a good developmental player for a lot of teams across the league, including the Raiders. But I don't think he's a guy you thrust into the starting position already. You know what I mean? I think he's a guy that you say, we see traits that he has. We see some qualities that he have. But can he develop and take his game to the next level? That's I think he's one of those guys. I don't know if he's a starter right now, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense. So either way, that's that's neither here nor there. That's the I don't even know what tier they had. I didn't I didn't even pay attention. He was tier four, right? Oh, tier- yes, he was number 30. Okay, well, there you go. There you go. That They're talking about the situation. You got your quarterback n- number 30, and you got your quarterback number 32. Remember what I said? Philadelphia's in a weird spot. There you go. 30 and 32. Not, that's probably not where they want to be. Just go ahead and throw that out there. So uh, Mike, Mike Sando will join us at 2.30 to talk all things, uh, his, his piece on the athletic tier quarterbacks, and he'll break down what separates a tier one, tier two, tier three, and tier four. Also, coming up at 3 o'clock, we do it on the daily. Cover three NFL news and notes of the day. Just kind of scatter shooting with what's going on across the NFL. Got a lot of notes to get to, including Lamar Jackson, who is the week one starter versus the, the Raiders. That Monday night football game at Allegiant Stadium. He currently is not practicing because of COVID. He does, he, uh, he, him and Gus, uh, Gus Edwards, the running back for the Ravens, both uh, in COVID-19 protocols. So that's something to continue to monitor. And uh, this is actually the second time. A lot of people don't realize this is the second time Lamar Jackson has had COVID-19. He had it last year at uh, Thanksgiving. That was week 12. He had uh, COVID-19. So this is the second time. I don't know how long he's going to be out. I don't know how long Gus Edwards is going to be out. Uh, The biggest thing is you just want these guys to be healthy. Now, with that being said, who else is in COVID-19 protocol? As today was the first day for the Raiders to have training camp. Running back Jalen Richard. And running back Theo Riddick, the two guys that were not participating in practice today. Everybody else was there. I believe Kenyon Drake was working off to the side, but everyone else was there. The only two guys who did not participate was Jalen Richard and Theo Riddick. And according to uh, Vinny Bonsignor, he said, per a person with knowledge, the absence of Richard and Riddick today at Raiders practice was a part of COVID-19 protocols. So there's that. So, and, and this is something we've seen across the league. I mean, for them only have two guys probably isn't a bad thing because across the league right now, if you look, there's a lot of dudes in the COVID-19 protocols. There's a lot of cats across the league. So, you, I mean, it's to have two is actually not bad, knowing that you have 90 guys out there participating right there. To only have two 
isn't too bad. But that's that's what was going on, and that's why Jalen Rashard and Theo Riddick were not uh, available and out there practicing today uh, for the first day of training camp. But is, are we surprised? I mean, with Jalen Rashard, but can this also be a case of maybe he was in close contact with someone, and since he, we're assuming, is not vaccinated, that the league is that the team just has to take that extra step, that extra precaution. Do we know what like these? Do we actually know? It's just the protocol. Actu- it's the just pro- COVID nineteen yeah, protocol. Do we actually know the protocols for unvaccinated players? As we're well, yeah, the un- yeah, the unvaccinated players COVID protocols is what it was last year. So you know what I mean. So they're very strict. So yeah, I mean, contact tracing is 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 going to be something major when it comes to uh, you know when it comes to to the unvaccinated players because they they have to go by the same rules that they had last year. And you saw how much that could wipe out a whole that could wipe out a whole uh, uh, position, position group. group. Yeah, it almost could, it could wipe them out quick, fast, and in a hurry. So uh, that's just a little update from Vinny Boston. I also got this tweet, and I just. And, and you're absolutely correct, and I appreciate uh, my guy Gregory reaching out to me. Uh, Stafford didn't go over. They drafted him after they went 0-16. So there you go. So that's an update on Matt Stafford. But he still has a lack of wins. So thank you, Gregory, for that. I do appreciate that. But, he, yeah, he absolutely has a lack of wins. I will actually got there. Well, actually, he wasn't. Okay, we got it. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> glad. No, because, hey, I don't want to put over on him. No, but no player wants to go over. Brad Marinelli was there. Mm-hmm. Defensive line coach for the Raiders. He was there. He knows. Who was that? I think that was John Kidna. It might have been. It might have been. It might have been. So, yeah, no, I'm, I have no problem. I'm glad that Gregory uh, <laughs> chimed in and hit me up on Twitter, and, and that's what it's for. At your boy Q254 on Raider Nation Radio 920 is at R&R 920 uh, AM. You can hit us up on Twitter that way. You can always call in the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. And, of course, the Sam and Ash text line, always wide open like some old school TV antennas, 69187, keyword R&R. Yesterday you were talking about how you're verified on Twitter now, so you're not going to change that 254. I can't. Not yet. Well, that that made me want to ask the question. I was thinking about this. What? How'd you get it? How'd you get that check mark? Slide I don't know. Slide, oh, they, they just, I just woke up one morning and it was there. You didn't even apply for it? No. Didn't even apply for the verification. No, they just gave it to you. Because it, it You're was an important person. It huh? was no, I'm not. It wasn't a. It wasn't a big deal. Social media is not a big deal to me. Oh, it really guy. isn't, Doc. I'm telling you, if I wasn't in this job doing this job, I wouldn't be on Twitter. I wouldn't care what I was doing. I wouldn't care. I, I use Twitter to get information and and communicate back and forth with you know listeners of the radio show or listeners of the podcast. That's what I use it for. But really, all the information is always put out on Twitter now. So if you're in our industry, you have to have Twitter. But I have a Facebook that I never check. So if you go and you and you actually do anything on uh, on Facebook with me and you don't get an interaction, that's why I never. I'm so social media bad. And, and you're not and, where it's at. And you're nah, not really. Twitter, I like to call the cesspool. I've been calling it the cesspool for a long time. Of course, not a big fan. But it is what it is. It's just what it's just what we do. And I'm not complaining about it because I love what we do. I'm just saying, if I was driving FedEx, nobody would care that you know if I was on Twitter or not. They just wouldn't. And I wouldn't care to be on Twitter. When I was driving for FedEx, I never was on Twitter. I used to hear people say, oh, I tweeted this. I don't care. I'm delivering boxes. I ain't worried about it. I don't need no information. As long as I know where the address is, I know where to deliver this box, I'm solid. <laughs> I'm solid, man. I don't need no Twitter to tell me where to deliver this box. I just got to make sure I get my job done right. But you're missing out on all, on all the good stuff. Dog. I, Come on, man. We only have a two-hour show, so I don't want to go down this super long rabbit hole of everything that I miss out on, but I promise if you. If Kanye goes on like a tweet rant, are you telling me don't, you don't want to go back and I just look care. at all these tweets? I don't care. And then to, we got to decipher no. what kind of state of mind is he in? No. I, I mean. No. Ooh, that's the beauty of Twitter I don't right care about the rant that Kanye goes on. And, and this is coming from a Kanye fan. 
I just don't care because I know he's an emotional creature and he's going to do whatever he does. I mean, hell, isn't he living like in the Falcons stadium right now? Exactly. Exactly. And the only reason I I know that, you know why I know that? Because it's Falcons related. It's football related. If it was just Kanye related, I wouldn't know it. Well, come on, but but you know where you can get all those updates? I seen a picture of his living quarters yesterday. Did you really? On Twitter. Did you really? Yes. Whose account were you following? I don't know, man. You know, sometimes it just, it just you know, you follow so many people, it just shows up on the timeline. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I didn't know that. I haven't seen a picture of he's it. Living I know, there. Yes, I know he's, he's living there because yeah. I've seen it related to the Falcons. I don't know. I haven't seen a picture of it. Just haven't. It's not, it's not my bag. It's not what I do. Kanye, like I said, different creature. He's a different emotional cat. He's got a lot of emotional tendencies. I'm going to let him go ahead and ride that out. He was hell. He was here in Las Vegas at Summer League. Like all hooded up and everything. I mean, you you really didn't know who it was underneath the hood. You want to know something? And I know where I saw that was on Twitter. Yes, exactly. And but o- it was sports related. Again, I go back to my job. It was sports related. An old professor of mine, he tweeted that Kanye played some of his album at his church here in Vegas. Wouldn't have known if I wasn't following that old professor on Twitter. Kanye out here dropping little snippets for the album. If you go to a church in Vegas, all right. It's like, man, I was, I was dang. Man. Now I know. See? Now I feel so much better about exactly. Twitter. Yeah. Got to get on it. Yeah, I'm on it. I'm on it. On the, actually, you're you're the one who brought it up. You brought the check mark up. I did because I'm jealous. That's why. Yeah, I said it. Man, Twitter, help it, me out. <laughs> it is what it is, man. It's 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 not that it's not that serious. It's really not. I guarantee you, JT's not worried about no, Twitter. Then I, I know he's not worried about no check mark. He's not worried about Twitter. He's not worried about that. JT's living his best life. Vinny's not worried about Twitter. It's just putting out information. That's all we're doing. Putting out information and taking information in. That's what it's for. That's it. It's as simple as that. Coming up at 3.30, Cassie Soto from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. She was also out there first day of practice, first day of training camp, and she'll give us her thoughts, her thoughts on sitting in on the media sessions and what she heard from Max Crosby, what she heard from Nicholas Morrow, uh, what she heard from Henry Ruggs III. One of the interesting nuggets that came from Henry Ruggs III was the fact that he gained 13 pounds. 13 pounds, and, and, and I saw him at the Battle for Vegas, the softball charity event over at uh, Las Vegas Ballpark on Saturday. Dude looks pretty ripped. So he gained 13 pounds, but it wasn't 13 sloppy pounds. It was 13 pounds of basically muscle where he can get bigger, faster, and stronger. We already know how fast he is. Now he's going to be stronger. As he said, he's playing a grown man's game now. He's not playing a kid's game. And then he said it matter of fact. He was like, oh, how much weight did you? And he's 13 pounds. Like he knew. 13 pounds, Exactly. Baby. As a matter of fact, how much weight he uh, he gained, and so uh, yeah. There's there's a lot to get to coming up on today's show. I do like to throw out a subject each and every day. And uh, this morning, uh, myself and Hondo were talking about the the Raiders and, and the playoffs, and if they had the the talent to make the playoffs. And you know, if you go back to 2016 when they did make the playoffs, one they had a lot of talent on the team, in my opinion. Two, they had a lot of things go their way. Uh, the ball bounced their way a lot of times. They came up with a late turnover. Something happened in their favor late in the game, and so they were able to, 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 to pick up a bunch of Ws and end up making it to the playoffs. And unfortunately for Derek Carr, he wasn't able to because he got injured. And no, that's no fault of his own. He just got injured. Injuries happen in the NFL each and every game that is played. So with that being said, 2016, they were talented enough to make it to the playoffs. 2021, I thought that they should have made it to the playoffs last year, but 2021, they look like they have a lot of talent. They brought in Gus Bradley. They brought in Ron Milas. They brought in uh, Richard Smith as uh, some some really, really good defensive coordinators in Bradley and then coordinators in, uh, in, in Milas and Smith. Do they now have enough talent to make that playoff push? 17 games. you got to remember that. 17 games, and the division, in my opinion, is is 
is tougher than it was in 2016. A lot tougher. So that's something that you have to play into into the factor. It's got it's got to factor into this whole equation. Because yeah, the Raiders gotten better in the offseason, but guess what? The rest of the teams outside of the quarterback situation in, in Denver, because you didn't talk about a couple of those quarterbacks, they have two quarterbacks in, in tier four. So what that doesn't I mean, that's the trigger man. So either you got Teddy B or you got Drew Locke. Those are both tier four guys. Neither one of those guys are worth the salt. And I know a lot of people like Teddy Bridgewater. I just think he's – it's so funny that people like Teddy Bridgewater. He's just okay to me. He's never been great to me. I think it's the story. Yeah, the it's, story. It's, it's someone you want to root but for. How many, so, yeah, okay, but so, how many games so, do you win because of a story? He was doing pretty good in, uh, in New Orleans there. When he Drew, won five games. It was a very small sample size. Had the city rocking. Well, it's because Somewhere he was saying, in New Orleans. I had the city rocking when I was on Bourbon <laughs> Street for a week. Some were saying, should they bring Drew Brees back? Some are on drugs, and some they, were probably drunk. Hey, man, not me. Bourbon just, Street, I can guarantee you. People were saying. I'm, I'm telling you, people as a guy who was, who was surfing up and down Bourbon Street without a surfboard, I know that there's some wildness going on on Bourbon Street. I conquered Bourbon Street. He wins two games in a row in Denver. They're going to be the same way. They might only win four all season because the quarterback play is bad. Now, the, the, the defense, really good. Really good defense. Vic Fangio, great defensive coordinator. The, the quarterback play is bad. There's no other way to put it. Drew Locke's not very good. Teddy Bridgewater is just okay. I don't even know. I think Teddy B is a little bit step better than Drew Locke, but not that much better in my opinion. So outside of that quarterback situation in Denver, the rest of the division, in my opinion, got better. And, of course, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. Offensive line, they're bringing back, you know, or they're not bringing back guys. They brought in a lot more guys on that offensive line so Patrick Mahomes doesn't have to run around like he did in the Super Bowl. We saw what happened when Tampa Bay was getting after him. He was running for his life. Now, they've got the same problem that the Raiders have, and I say it's a problem, but it might not be. They've got all these guys that they have to hope can all be on the same page and get together. You know what I'm saying? And that, that's, that, I mean, the same question we have about the Raiders offensive line, can they be one cohesive unit? Well, Kansas City brought a bunch of different guys in. Can they all be one cohesive unit? So that's a, an area to pay attention to when it comes to Kansas City. But you know what they have at the quarterback position. You know what they have for talent. And you know who their head coach is and what he's able to do. So uh, the question I want to throw out there, 702-365-9200. And, of course, the Sam and Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. And uh, hit up com because you deserve what's right. Do the Raiders have enough talent with a better AFC West than, than there was in 2016, in my opinion? Do they have enough talent to make the playoffs and make a run? Because that's the expectations for the year. I mean, there's no more, well, you got to try to make the playoffs. No, I mean, they've got to make the playoffs. That's the goal. That's what they're, they're trying to get into the playoffs, and they're not just trying to get there. They're trying to get there and dance. They're trying to make a run. Do they have that in them? That's what I want to know. It's Unnecessary Roughness. This is Raider Nation Radio, 920. My boy looking fly. I have to drop it after DeMond backs up and says that Trent Brown's his boy, and I think you said that, what, three times? Never, never said he was my boy. You definitely said my boy. You definitely said my boy. My boy. I give it to you. You Welcome got me back there. to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Well, you know, I'm fired up, you know, about the room. We have we have a lot of potential, but I'm sick of saying that word. You know, I've, I hear it every single year. Um, I'm ready to just go out there on Sundays and, and play at a very high level. 
There it is right there. You're hearing Max Crosby, third-year player, talking about potential. He's tired of talking about potential, wants to go out there and put it on the field and actually play and get it done. And that's what we're talking about here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920, coming up at 2.30. Mike Sando from The Athletic to talk about quarterbacks and their tiers, tier one, tier two, tier three, and tier four. And uh, before we took a break, I did ask the question about, do the Raiders have enough talent? Do you think that they have enough talent to get to the playoffs and make a run? Something that myself and Hondo were talking about this morning uh, as we were doing the morning show, little morning tailgate here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And uh, right now, we have a very patient H in Albuquerque. He's on the Raider Nation listener line. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, Q. Hey, Damon. Pleasure to speak with you. So I called for one thing, but I'll first answer your question. And okay. I think there's no question that we have the roster to make the playoffs. And I felt so last year. And what I look at is we have a playoff caliber offense. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Last year it was such. Uh, they added some guys, especially at skill positions, that should improve us. There is a question mark, will the offensive line be as good? Mm -hmm. However, um, the offensive line wasn't as good as they thought it would be last year. We went through all these injuries, and there are a couple of key guys that were out. So I see no reason why we can't be as good or better than we were last year offensively, which to me means we have a really good shot at making the playoffs. Okay. Good stuff. Now, the other the other reason I'd like to uh, mention is you mentioned uh, Mike Sando's article. I haven't seen the article. And as a Derek Carter supporter, I've grown a thick skin. I've heard the criticism quite a bit over the years. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's fair, that's fair, whatever, you know, they're skeptics. But what offends me about that is I'm pretty sure I heard DeMond say that Joe Burrow was ranked in the second tier. Yep. Joe Burrow. Yep. Okay, so let me throw a few more names out at you. Jameis Winston, Blake Bortles. Uh, Sam Darnold, Gardner Minshew, Daniel Jones, Drew Locke. Those guys what are all behind. Those guys are all behind Carr uh, on the list. Okay, but I've heard from in the past, years past, at some point or another, those guys heart hyped above Derek Carr. It was only a few years gotcha. ago the Jets had solved their quarterback issue drafting Sam Darnold, right. but the Raiders still have a question mark. Right. So, like, every one of those guys, has any of them had a career that compares with Carr's? That's a really good question, and we definitely appreciate that, uh, H. And, we'll, you know what, we'll ask the man. We'll ask the man himself, Mike Sando from The Athletic. He joins us now on the phone lines. And, Mike, thank you so much for your time. And you heard, I'm sure you heard some of the question right there from H in Albuquerque. Uh, Derek Carr on the, on the Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3, Tier 4 list that you had on your, on your article for The Athletic, and, and, and a great article. I look forward to it every single year. Uh, he comes in at, at number 15, up five spaces from what he was last year. But... Uh, you heard some of the criticism. You know, uh, why is a guy like Joe Joe Burrow, a, a, only a second-year guy, ahead of Derek Carr, and he's in a Tier 2 as of right now? Yeah, it happens sometimes. I mean, Derek Carr was ranked seventh in the whole thing in 2017 when people, uh, you know, were sort of envisioning this upside that they hoped was there. And then what's happened is they've seen multiple more years of Carr and think he's fine, but they no longer really see that he's going to go to the top tier. And I, I would agree, like, I would have him probably in the second tier myself on his production in the last couple seasons, and he's the highest guy in three, so, you know, you bump him one spot, I guess he's above Burrow then, but right. I think if you asked anybody in the NFL, like, they would take Burrow right now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that's a bad decision because you're basing it like the caller said on what you hope he becomes, right? Right. But... That's what people do in the NFL. <laughs> That's why guys get picked early, and and sometimes you find out they're not as good um, as you hoped they'd be for whatever reason. Right. I don't think there's hate for Carr, though. I mean, I think 
people have actually warmed a car. He was one mm-hmm. of the, he was kind of one of the risers this year compared to last year. Yeah, no, you're right. And I think that nationally, and I think from because this this article that you you have and you put out every year, it's not just hey, this is what Mike Sando believes. This is what coaches and talent evaluators yeah. are telling you, and this is how you put this all together. So that's why I really love this uh, this piece that you do each each year, and uh, why I wanted to have you on today. And he did rise from five spots. I feel like he's respected a lot more. Uh, outside of the fan base than he really is even inside the fan base. That's interesting. Um, I hear usually from people that are uh, supporting him. That, those are the fans I hear from. Uh, but I think he earned a lot of respect last year in the league by beating Kansas City and just yeah. playing better. You know, we know what Carr's reputation has been, right? A right. little soft, the pressure gets around him, all that. Kind of a nice guy, right? All that. I think he's played well the last couple of years and you know if he takes here's what hurts him it's not really his fault they haven't had the team success and that's not him i mean the defense we all know is the reason if, i bet you that i would almost guarantee this if they had a middle of the pack defense last year and they win two more games and go to the playoffs i bet you he's in the bottom of tier two I just bet you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. No, I think you're right. Absolutely right. We're talking right now with Mike Sando from The Athletic. You can find him on Twitter, at Sando NFL. And uh, the piece that we're talking about right now is the 2021 NFL quarterback tiers. 50 coaches and evaluators rank the league's starters. So uh, with that being said, and I didn't realize that H was going to call in right before you, and so it was just really good timing. But for any of those that don't understand how these tiers are you know, is, is, are evaluated and, and came up, just explain how this is all broken down. Yeah, basically, so if you were a coach and I was calling you and we were going through all the quarterbacks, you, I'd be asking you to put the best guys in Tier 1 and the worst, I mean, you could be Tier 5. So what does that mean? The closer you are to Tier 1, the less help you're perceived to need from your defense, your running game, uh, your scheme, play action, that type of stuff, to, to win the game and function. So traditionally, you know, Mahomes, Rodgers, those are your clear-cut Tier 1. Mm-hmm. Tier two, I think you feel like you could still win the championship with this quarterback. He may be a pro bowler. And so in the past years, you know, Matt Ryan, when he had it going good, or Stafford to some degree, uh, they might be seen as a tier two. A tier three is still a good starting quarterback. You're probably going to get paid. I sort of think like four or five years ago, Andy Dalton was that perfect guy. When they were stacked around him and, and had a good defense, they were going to the playoffs and being 12 and four. And when they didn't have those things, people thought he wasn't very good. Um, but really, he was sort of the same guy the whole time. He's a tier three quarterback. He's going to look as good as what's around him is. Yeah. And, and you go on down from there, you know, to where you're not even a starter if you get to tier five. Right, absolutely, and Matt or, and Matt, Mike, you you mentioned Matt Stafford, and that's a guy that I wanted to I wanted to uh, talk about and ask you about because he is a tier two guy uh, coming in at number seven. And we know Stafford's talented, and we wonder. Well, geez, how come they're not winning more? And so he gets a little bit of that. He's never going to be a one not winning in the playoffs, but they're like, this guy's a two who's just stuck in a terrible place. But now you're with McVeigh, you better do pretty good or he'll be slipping down to tier three. Right, yeah, there'll be no excuse then, right? <laughs> well, yep. Yep. you're with the boy genius when it comes to Sean McVay and his offense of, of scheme. you got to go out there and win a lot of games. And I know there's a lot of support around for Matt Stafford, so it is going to be interesting to see how not only he shakes out, but the whole NFC West, because that's a very 
tough division. You know, you got a uh, you got Russell Wilson. You've got Matt Stafford now. Uh, you know, you have the situation in San Francisco where you have Jimmy G and Trey, Trey Lance. And Jimmy G, he's he's actually pretty low on the list. Uh, do you think that based off of the evaluations that you were hearing about Jimmy G, do you, how long do you think he'll be in that starter role there in San Francisco? Well, he is really downgraded because he's hurt all the time. That's part of the evaluation. Is geez, we we don't even know if you can play a whole season. So otherwise, I think if he was playing all the time, you know, he would be a higher three, in bottom of the twos, kind of where Carr is, you know, right along mm-hmm. that line. He's been there when he's when he's healthy. Uh, so you know, number one, how long is he going to be healthy for? I think if he's healthy, he could probably you know make it the first half of the season and and maybe more if they're playing well. But I think we're going to see Trey Lance one way or the other. They're going to be excited about him, and it's either going to be a couple bad games or injury time that leaves, that affects performance or availability um, for Garoppolo. That's just the track record. Hey, Mike, producer DeMond here. When it comes to calling up the different coaches or evaluators, what is the difference that an offensive coach may have opposed to a defensive coach on a certain type of quarterback? Yes, yeah, so if you get to like a quarterback coach – they're a little bit more specific in the types of guys they like, and, and sometimes polling them tells you more about them. <laughs> right. Those, those guys are really into, it would be like if you're a golf instructor, you would watch how somebody swings the club and you'd have opinions on it, as opposed to just where the ball goes, okay? Right? And if you're a, if you're a general manager, you just care if the ball's going in the fairway. You know what I mean? Right, uh, right. A little bit of the analogy. Defensive guys are harsh, man. I found this with players, too especially if you have a background in the secondary, those guys see right through the quarterbacks. And they really only respect somebody who can beat them from the pocket at the highest level, and they're harsher graders usually. True for corners, true for secondary coaches, true for a lot of defensive coordinators. They don't want to hear that the guy can run around and do all that because they know that evaporates the minute you're in the playoffs late in the game and you're behind and you have to be able to slice and dice them. So that's sort of how they see the game. That's interesting. That really is. Good question, Damon. I like that. We're talking right now with Mike Sando from The Athletic, at Sando NFL on Twitter. This is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. And, Mike, we had a, a, a guy hit us up on Twitter, BA Raider, as a matter of fact, hit me up on Twitter and wants to know, uh, I know Marcus Mariota, the Raiders' backup, is not on the list, but – What's the kind of feedback that you've received on Marcus? Because everything you hear is he's the best backup currently yeah. in the NFL. So what are, what are your thoughts and what have you been hearing on Marcus? Yeah, he was in, he was in it, I believe, last year or maybe it was the year before. Um, and he had sort of fallen down into the Tier 4 range where people just aren't convinced that he's a full-year starter right. um, anymore. And that's sort of you know, where he's at. I think that you know, he just doesn't inspire you. Right. Uh, in a lot of ways. So you don't have a bunch of people thinking, I want to have that guy and have him be my starter because he hasn't always stayed healthy. He's not really a dynamic leader and he's just been okay when he's played. What are your thoughts as far as if John Gruden could possibly use him? Because we do know that he could use his legs. We saw him when he went into Week 15 game against the Chargers, and he was able to you know, do some things on the ground. Uh, do you think that you, we may see as fans and, and, and analysts, we may be able to see him uh, in, in a couple of packages here and there for the Raiders offensively this year? That wouldn't shock me, but I don't think he's so electric and dynamic that it's, uh, it's not quite a Taysom Hill effect. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. He's, he's just a... Well, it's not like Carr can't move around or right. isn't a, is a bad athlete. So, 
you know, if John does that, it's because he's having fun with it. And I know that John really likes Marcus Mariota. I was actually used to travel with the Gordon quarterback camps. Nice. So I was there uh, when Mariota was there, <laughs> and a bunch of these guys were there, you know, for about a five-year period. He does like them, but I don't know if I just see enough differentiation there to give the offense enough juice to disrupt your your guy, you know, in car. Well, now that you opened up that can of worms, let me ask you, how was that? How was traveling with the, the Gruden quarterback camp? How, how was that whole little experience? Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. I used to travel with Monday Night Football um, 17 weeks a year and wow. spent a lot of time, you know, kind of fly on the wall with, with John and some of the production meetings and that type of stuff. And then I would go, the, the quarterback camp was amazing. You'd show up at the, down at Disney in Orlando at like, Six in the morning. It's totally dark, and John's there. The player comes in, you know, a little bit of a breakfast, and then John would just get him in a room and grind tape for like four hours. And I got to watch that whole thing. This is they're going to cut this down to like twenty-five minutes of the show, but I got to see that whole thing. Then we went on the practice field, and he'd work them out for an hour or something. And there'd be other players there. There'd be other guys who played in the league uh, who would come out and run routes and that type of stuff. I get to watch all that. So it was really helpful and fun to uh, have an impression of them in a setting that you just don't get to see. Right. And I'm sure as as guys that were just getting ready to enter the NFL, that was probably a little, um, that was, it might have been overwhelming. I mean, there's probably moments where that was even overwhelming because you got John Gruden, who's got this huge personality, larger than life, and all of a sudden you're grinding for four or five hours with them, either in the film room or on on the practice field. I bet you that was that was probably pretty pretty interesting. Now, now, Mike, I did want to ask you about uh, two more quarterbacks that are in the AFC West, and that's with the Denver Broncos. And, and both of these quarterbacks are tier four guys: Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, I feel like Teddy B is is a good quarterback, and I feel like Drew Locke is just okay. But what are yeah. your thoughts, and, and what were you hearing about those two quarterbacks for the Broncos? Yeah, most people like Bridgewater more than they like Locke, and think that's the best direction for the team to go. I guess Locke you know, still has played less. So sometimes you can have a little bit of a hope that, oh, you know, he's going to develop into something. That's possibly true. I feel like Bridgewater, though, has kind of, like even some of his supporters, guys who really like him and have stood by him over the years, kind of admit that it's probably tier four right now. He just didn't move the needle enough last year. So probably needs a lot of help, probably could be successful on a on a really good team. Is Denver that, you know? The, uh, Maybe, but, um, you know, I, I don't know if they're willing to move on from Locke, you know, right away. Elway's not really running things, but he's kind of still around. That was his guy. Do they maybe give him a year? I think it's a fascinating question because if you're Vic Fangio, you got to sort of win. <laughs> right. And if I'm Vic Fangio, I want Teddy Bridgewater in the game because I feel like I could trust him more. You know, he's just more of a pro quarterback. Now, Mike, you don't actually, like, decide who's where. Maybe you just, you know, you're just doing the math on what they say, what the evaluators tell you. Is there anyone that you're surprised on how low or how high they were tier-wise? Well, the excitement for Burrow, um, you know, he people easily could have put him in tier four, which means not enough information. So that was a little bit surprising to me that people were, like, giving him a two already. Mm-hmm. That seemed um, high to me. I think I was a little surprised that Carr wasn't a little bit higher because I felt like people were more positive on him. So I sort of, like if I wasn't tabulating as I went, I would have guessed that Carr would have been a low two. And he was a top guy in three, but 
that was just a little bit. I, I think he he could easily be a notch or two higher. Um, uh, other things I disagree with, like I I'm not overly optimistic on Wentz. There's still enough people that like you know think Frank Reich is going to help him, and I sort of buy it, but just kind of feel like something's missing with him, at least for the long term. Even if he has a bounce back here. I'm just not going all in with that for the long term. Doesn't, he, he's got to show right. that he can stay healthy. That's that's one of his biggest things. He's got to show that he can stay healthy. And and Justin Herbert, he'll be the final quarterback I ask you about. He's a tier yeah. two guy after one year, and he's getting a new coach. And so that could be questionable as well. How much do you think that that will go into his year two play in the NFL? Is that the fact that they're, they're switching the coaching staff up on him? Well, I don't like the fact that he's switching, but I also don't feel like, you know, hey, Anthony Lynn was, was an absolutely amazing offensive schemer, and now you're going to something that's totally unproven. I sort of feel like you're going from pretty, you know, okay to okay, right? Right. I don't feel like it's a, necessarily a huge drop. So there's nothing about Herbert that scares me. Like I don't, I don't didn't hear or haven't thought that he can't pick up an offense. You look at him physically. I mean, he seems to be everything you want. So. Um, I would still feel really good about him changing teams in contrast to like Tua, you know, where you're, where you're sort of going, okay, he hasn't played that much, but when you watch him, you don't really see like a special ability or trait that's going to elevate him, you know? Yeah, he's going to be a quarterback. It's going to be interesting to watch. I'm glad you brought up Tua because last year was not great, and he had a relief pitcher basically in Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he doesn't have that guy now this year. So that'll be interesting to see uh, what he does this year and where he falls in this this article and this piece that you do yearly uh, where he falls next year. But, Mike, great stuff, man. I I love the work that you guys do on The Athletic. Uh, You can find Mike on Twitter at SandoNFL, and uh, I love these tiers, and and it's always a good conversation piece. So thank you so much for your time. Uh, Do you have anything else coming out on The Athletic that uh, fans should be on the lookout for yeah keep an eye out i'm going to do a couple spinoff pieces i think i've got one coming on monday that just dives into this deeper from a couple different angles and i i believe cars in that uh, okay. to check but uh yeah there'll be a couple more things related next week so keep an eye out for that i'll be paying attention mike i definitely appreciate your time have a great uh, week and a great day and enjoy football season it's here hey thank you appreciate it you too no doubt about it there he is mike sando from the athletic great job with the tier conversation and the fan bases, you either love it or you hate it. I get it. You know, just like ancient Albuquerque, he displayed his, uh, you know, uh, displeasures with some of the people that were in front of car. But Mike, I think broke it down. Demond, I mean, he broke it down. It's, it's not off him and he didn't even agree with everyone. You know what I really loved car. He thought should have been higher. So that's good for Raider nation. And also Carson Wentz, a little overrated. I, I agree with that, too. I agree with that as well. So uh, Mike does a great job there at The Athletic. Again, you can find uh, him on Twitter at Sando NFL. 2.47 is the time. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy, Q. I know what he wants, and... I've told you guys a hundred times, I'm just trying to do exactly what he wants, you know, every single time. And I don't do it perfect every time, but that fine line of, you know, if, if he expects the ball to go there, then now he expects the receiver to make that play or win, you know. And uh, and like he'll say, you know, if, if he can't win, we'll find another guy that can't. You know, if, if you can't throw it there, we'll find another guy that can throw it there. You know, that's just how coach coaches. Derek Carr right there meeting with the media earlier today, and you hear him talking about what Coach Gruden expects. You know, expects the wide receiver to make a play, expects the quarterback to get the ball there so the wide receiver can make the play. If you can't cut it, you'll find someone that does. It it doesn't get any more simple than that. 
And I think that that's all you really ask is for someone who is in a position of management or in charge of or leading a team in this situation just to say, hey, this is what I want. This is what I need. And this is what you're going to have to do or we're going to have to find someone else. I think it doesn't get any more clear than that. And for all those out there that say Gruden's not going to get along with Carr, Gruden and Carr don't get along. That's the I hate to say dumbest thing, but it's one of the dumbest things because if you wanted to get rid of him, he would have. He's had this is the fourth season together. They've had plenty of time to separate if they wanted to. But yet we hear time and time again, and usually it's from the outside noise, the outside national media that, that's not really aware that, oh, Carr and Gruden don't get along. Gruden and Carr don't get along. Gruden's up to his his wits with Derek Carr. Well, then he would have moved on from him already. 702-365-9200, 702-365-9200. That is the Raider Nation listener line. Let's go out to that. Brian in Henderson, you're on Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind, my man? What's going on, fellas? Chilling, um, chilling. Called earlier when you and Hondo were on. Um, just a couple things I want to talk about. Uh, 211 brought up something about a week or two ago. Um, also, Gangster Raider brought up something today as well. I think yesterday, the same topic. I don't think, and don't get me wrong, I am a Derek Carr fan since Fresno. <laughs> so I like Derek Carr. So let's not get that twisted. Okay. But if you have the opportunity to get a Deshaun Watson, I don't care. I, I understand what he's going through legal-wise. I totally get it, not blind to it. He is a better quarterback than Derek Carr all around. Okay. We've already admitted to that. Okay. This is the opportunity now where the Houston Texans are in a situation where they want to dump him. You don't. You no longer have to give up the two number ones, I don't believe. They just want to get something for him to get him out of there. So I think this is the perfect opportunity. We're talking about upgrading the position. Wouldn't he be upgrade over Derek Carr? The answer is yes, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on okay. that. So that, uh, Aaron Rodgers, whatever the case may be, you've got to – Aaron Rodgers, great elite quarterback, which we all know. Deshaun Watson, younger, who can run, can throw. The Clemson Raider connection is there. Those Clemson players for the Raiders adore Deshaun Watson. True. So it's to me, it's like, go get him. And Hondo wants to laugh about that, or Xavier, um, Howard. the guy from yeah Howard. But it's like upgrade the position. That and I think the Raiders have been hesitant for years to pull the trigger on players like that. All right, good. Hey, good stuff, Brian. Thank you for the call out of Henderson. We definitely appreciate that. And I'll I'll talk about Xavier Howard first. And and I mentioned it this morning. I'm an Xavier Howard guy. I I I think that he's a great player. I absolutely do. And I love the fact that he's able to turn the ball over. And that's something that the Raiders need. He led the league in interceptions last year with ten. Now, does he want to get paid? Absolutely. Did he sign a, a, a fat contract? And matter of fact, I'll talk about it more in cover three. Yeah, absolutely. He signed a fat contract, and then Byron Jones went and signed a contract that was a little bit bigger. And now he wants to get paid. And I, I never I never begrudge a player in the NFL for wanting more money. Because the, the team will ask you to, well, we need to do a pay cut for you to stick around here. They'll ask you to do that. I mean, DeMond, how would you feel if someone here at the, at the radio station was like, hey, DeMond, we want you to stay here. But you ain't even got to finish. I'd be ready to fight him. <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. You want me to do what? Right, exactly. Most of the time, if you're an employee anywhere, you want 
What do you want? More money, right? But I also see where he's coming from, too. If you're looking at the guy lining up on the other side of you, we just as good. You're probably thinking in your head, I'm better than him. He make how much more than me? Right. No, we got to do something about that. I mean, he's supposed to make $12 million this year. So I don't I don't blame anyone for trying to get more money. Because you know when when your time is called, they're not going to they're, they're not gonna, they won't even honor your contract. You know, if the guaranteed money's not there, you're a done deal. So I don't I don't disagree with you where I'm saying that the Raiders could go and make a move if they wanted to for Xavier Howard. I, they would have to do a lot of moving and shaking. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I think if you're a team that feels like you're one ball hawking DB away from making that deep run, and I've, I've done podcasts about this, don't be hesitant to make a make a trade. I think JT's come on the on the air and, and, and had shows where he said, "Hey, don't be hesitant to to make a trade if you have to. If you feel like that there's a trade out there that will make your team that much better, go pull the trigger on it." That might be something. I'm not saying that the Raiders aren't exploring that. That might be something that they explore. Now, with Deshaun Watson, real quick, um, yeah, I mean, he's he's a really good quarterback. Matter of fact, in Mike Sando's uh, article, he was a tier one guy. I just, and this is just me, I'm not going to speak for anyone else, I wouldn't touch him right now. And you could say that I'm scared, maybe, but if you were to trade your quarterback and then all of a sudden he ends up, Deshaun Watson ends up where he's not playing, then what? I think that every team responsibly might be doing their due diligence on him, but I think that they also. But I mean, come on, they're only five. Gonna top, pull, they're only five top tier. I know, guys. Yeah, but he's top five. Yeah, I know, but there's four of them that have no kind of legal issues, and there's one that has question marks. Well, their teams aren't trying to get rid of him. <laughs> we will ask tomorrow, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, who covers the Texans like a glove. He'll be a weekly guest that we have here on Unnecessary Roughness every Thursday at two thirty. He'll be on, and I'll ask him straight up. I'll ask him straight up about the situation. He has no problem speaking on that. So, uh, Brian, I'll put that uh, question in my back pocket, and I'll ask John McClain about it tomorrow. 2.56 is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness. We'll do it with un- with Cover 3, NFL News and Notes of the Day. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.